Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I'm your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic you carry around with you in your pocket. I can barely get that out. I'm so excited to be here with you, Tom Crable, that I can barely say my regular intro. It, no, it's okay. If you don't hear it, we're good. So uh, we are here at, in downtown Lincoln, Nebraska at the Mellow Mushroom. It is Wednesday. I'm losing track of my days. It's Wednesday about 4.40 in the afternoon, and uh, we are here recording. Uh, before we get to any basketball stuff, want to thank Mike here, the general manager at the Mellow Mushroom, uh, right across the street from Pinnacle Bank Arena. Uh, they've got great uh, food specials. they got great drink specials throughout the entire state tournament. He is taking care of us this week. Uh, we're going to do three shows here at the Mellow Mushroom. We're going to be here today. Uh, Wednesday, you're going to hear this Thursday morning. So if you hear this Thursday morning, you want to check out Thursday's show. It's going to be around 4.30, same place. And Friday, we're going to be here at 4.30 as well, right across the street from Pinnacle Bank Arena in the Haymarket area of downtown Lincoln, Nebraska. So we've had some really, really good games so far uh, in Nebraska. We have six classes. Uh, they're doing the tournament a little bit differently this year. Class C1 uh, had two good games, two really good games this morning, and a third one is brewing right now. No, Fourth one, fourth one, yeah. Sorry, I'm I'm losing it. I'm literally losing it. So, uh, so uh, come on down, check us out. Uh, we'll be around. I've got uh, I've got uh, a pen and a napkin T-shirts in the trunk of my car here. Uh, T-shirts and sweatshirts. If you want to pick one up while you're down here, we'll be around. Just let us know. So, and make sure that uh, if you come down to the Mellow Mushroom, make sure that you let Mike know that a pen and a napkin sent you. I know he would really appreciate that. Uh, like I said, he's, he's done a terrific job of taking care of us here uh, the last couple of years when we've done these state tournament roundtables. So uh, today we've got three guests with me here out of the bullpen calling in the right-hander from Boys Town <laughs> High School in West Omaha, Nebraska, Mr. Tom Crable. Thank you, Marty. Appreciate Th- it. Always fun to be here. Thank you, Tom. Out of the Sand Hills of Nebraska. Are you guys in the Sand Hills? Uh, I don't know if we're technically considered in the Sand Hills or not. We're real close if we're not. Yeah, you're close. Yeah. yeah. You could, you could, yeah, you, could, you, could probably, you, you could, you could probably, throw a stone. Hills. You yeah. could throw a stone and hit People it. Kind right. of just generalize that yeah. area for sure. Yes. Uh, Dexter Goodner, the head girls basketball coach at Ord High School. And another one out of the bullpen had to call in my lefty reliever uh, this morning. We had a couple of cancellations. So TK helped us out. And then Nate Wall out of the Platte River Valley. Butler County, the seat, uh, David City, the seat, uh, the former girls basketball coach at David City Aquinas. Uh, Nate made the the decision to step away uh, late last late last week, about a week ago. Yep, yep. Yeah. So, uh, but Nate was gracious enough to to come on here and and uh, pitch and relief for us here today. So, uh, guys, as always, want to thank you for coming on here. I appreciate you appreciate you being part of this. So, um, I don't know. We got. Four, five, six things to talk about. What do you What do you want to talk about first, fellas? Well, I saw two Class A games on the girls' side that were very, very good. Yeah. The quality of girls' basketball, I think, in, in Nebraska is trending upward. Yeah. Good players, good uh, good coaching. Um, my favorite topic, the officiating. They were pretty good. They were good. It was good officiating. So it was all in all a really did well, you, uh, good did start. You, did you get that tongue out of your cheek? No, no. Get, you know. no I'm dead serious. Yeah. <laughs> Those guys are great. Yeah. Well, I, I Wait a saw, minute. Is my season over? It is. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I saw you in action about a week and a half ago. Oh, uh, the, the Matt Painter of Nebraska oh, Boys Basketball Coaches. I decided I, if he can wear a hoodie on the sidelines, so can I. So, so, <laughs> so I go up to Craigable, and not only does he have the hoodie on, 
but he hasn't ironed these pants in probably about six years. I'm going to tell my wife you said that. Okay. And and I said... Wait a minute, I'm not married. Yeah. So, this, uh... so I, I said, hey, Tom, uh, I've, I've got a piece of cardboard and a black marker if you need to ask for spare change on the way out for people on the way out of the gym. And uh, I won't... I, this is a PG-13 program, so I won't tell people what you said well, to me Well, you response. said that three minutes before tip. Yes. Oh, so I, I, yeah, 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 great. That's yes. perfect time yeah, that I want to talk about my apparel. <laughs> it was... It was before the game started. It was long it was, before the game started. I don't know. So, uh, uh, it, well, you know what? Let's let's talk about our seasons a little bit. Let's talk Absolutely. about evaluating your season. I think, I think for all of us here, in in various different ways, uh, I, I know, obviously, the three girls coaches aren't coaching here this week, so that's obviously disappointing. Not where we want to be at. But even then, um, you know, I you know our season was. I'll use the word frustrating for, you know, we had a lot of injuries to deal with. You know, that, a lot of that stuff you, you can't control. You know, Dexter, I know you, you guys got into the sub-state game, but I know your one-loss record probably wasn't where you wanted it to be at. Nate, we've talked about your situations and stuff like that. You know, TK, I know you, you, you had a, you know, you're, you you played a, a bear of a schedule. and, and uh, yeah, we, had, we had a situation with very high hopes going into the season. Um, thought we were a contender. Had some things happen that uh, – that they maybe didn't trend our way, mm-hmm. or some a lot of self-inflicted wounds. Yeah, and we can get into all of that. But yeah, we we were in a situation with high expectations, high goals, didn't meet them, didn't yeah. come close. How do you handle all that? We can talk yeah. about that as we go on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, and that's kind of where I want to. I, I think that's where all four of us were. Yeah, where sure. and, and and like for me, I mean, I had no uh, delusions of us cutting down the nets at PBA, but I thought our our one-loss record would be a little bit better than what it was, and it wasn't for lack of effort by the kids. We tried. We just we had some things go against us again. Injuries played into that, that type of stuff, you know. So, so, and and there's a lot of people that are listening to this that can relate to that. So, you know, how do you, how do you kind of begin your off season coming off of, you know, uh, you know, I don't want to say. Just, just you didn't meet the expectations you hoped for yourself. Yeah, the first, the first thing we're trying to do right now, as a staff, is, is evaluate the coaching. Yeah, I don't put this on the kids. You mm-hmm. know, the kids are the kids. We had talent. Um, we didn't do a very good job coaching them. We didn't do a very. We did a poor job, in my estimation. It starts with me, of holding them accountable um, to some things. Um, some things we could have nipped in the bud early that we didn't. That seeped into late season stuff. Um, so we evaluate all of that. We, we're going to, in the next month, start, uh, before we get into the spring, systematically evaluate things. Um, mm-hmm. Is this stuff that we're doing? What Are we trying to do too much, too little? Um, what are all that kind of stuff? Everything for us is on the table every year. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing we, we don't talk about, including my, uh, my demeanor, my style of coaching. Does that got to change with kids today? We're going to absolutely talk about some of that stuff. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. How about you, Dexter? Yeah, I mean, I think we're kind of in the same boat where we had high expectations. You know, we were 19-7 and seven last year. Um, we lost one senior, and we thought coming back, you know, this we're going to build on this. And I have a good core group of seniors as well. One of them didn't go out, um, which kind of – it was it was interesting. Like when we go back and you were talking about, like, looking at your coaching staff, like – we had a kind of an idea of what our team was going to look like, and then all of a sudden it looked completely different. And and then just trying to switch gears throughout the year, and that's something that you have to do. Was that injury? No. Okay. Just um, decided not to go out. But yep. then also had another senior that had a stress fracture, and she couldn't play yeah. and didn't get to play a single minute all year. And so it was like 
those are two girls that you expect to see on the floor that now we don't have. And now we're kind of, it just from the beginning of the year, kind of reeling a little bit. We're stepping back, trying to figure yeah. out of what we're what we're trying to do. Um, so I think, you know, when we go back and we look at that, for us, our coaching staff, I thought we did a pretty good job of, of rolling with the punches a little bit. Some things didn't go our way. We had a lot of games. Uh, when we go back and we look at them, like one possession games where we didn't win. And, and it's funny when you go back and you look at that and you think, what happens if you win those games? Yeah. Um, but I was really proud of the, the way that the girls kind of just responded at the end. You know, we we got to a district final, what we were trying to do. The win-loss record wasn't where we wanted it to be. Um, and I just think when we go back and we evaluate our what our season looked like, uh, it just it has to start in the summer. Like, we just have to get better at simple basketball things. Like, mm-hmm. it's the same thing every year. Winning and losing comes down to how well are you fundamentally balanced in the game of basketball? How well can you do just basic basketball plays in big moments? Like, can mm-hmm. you do the little things really well uh, to win games? And I just think that that's one of our big emphasis when we come into this next year is we have to be better at small details uh, to get to the big dance, you know? Yeah. yeah. Nate, you're in a little bit different situation because you're, you're not helming a ship right now. But, you know, so, so what are you thinking here with this topic? Well, I'm just, um, you know, uh, I, I, I have time. Instead of building right now, you know, I've been coaching since I've been 20 years old and then playing before that. So I've been just uh, pushing and, uh, and, and, and grinding for half of my life, actually, because now I'm 40. So half of my life I've um, been coaching and uh, getting the team ready for the winter. So now uh, with some free time, um, I have time to sit back and um, think about things and um, – you know, um, and and think about the mistakes that I made, and um, learn from others, and you know, look at visiting some practices, and um, look at games from a different angle now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I watch. We all watch a ton of games during the season, but we're only looking at it through one lens. Like, how do I beat this team? How are we going to beat this team? And so now I can look through, through a different lens, different styles of play. Um, and so it's 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 something that um, I have I've I've actually never done before. Yeah. So um, so rather than planning um, planning team camps right now and what's going on through the summer, now maybe I just get a chance just to sit back and enjoy the sport a little bit more and yeah. concentrate on my own kids' development. So well, you guys, you're, you're planning team camps. They're just fifth grade boys team camps. Yes. Yes. That could be it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys ever have that like? moment where you go back and you look at the beginning of the year like okay this is going to be one of our emphasis like we're going to do this yeah. every day I'm going to do this and then you go back and you look and you're like we started doing this and then this tailed off do you ever have those moments or are you guys good at sticking with that because like sometimes like we talk about like rolling with the punches like I have okay we're going to do this we're going to do this and then it's like well we got to kind of switch gears and go here do you stick with that or do you no, switch we're, it up we're very fluid and I think that's the nature of who we are because we can lose a kid we any point in time, we can lose our best player or we can gain our best player. And that's just the nature of the beast at Boys Town. So we've learned to become very fluid. But there are t- there are times this season I'd look back at my, my practice plans and preseason notes and go, you know what, we, we have not done enough to teach man-to-man. We wanted to be a man-to-man team. We're 80% zone because that's what we've been the last 20 years. But this group can play. So we went back and kind of did a shift there. Um, but, yeah, we, we have to be fluid. 
Um, and I just kind of believe on that anyway. With with the, at the high school level, I don't get to recruit my team necessarily. Right. So you gotta. Um, but yeah, we go back and look at those points of emphasis, and are we doing? Why are we scoring as much as we should? Oh, well, we're not running as much. We're not. We're not in transition as much. Better get back to those things in practice, and and so that happens quite a bit. Yeah, I guess one thing I'm really proud of Dexter is uh, this season I started what's called daily vitamins. So the first ten minutes of practice are uh, ball handling and then a separation move followed by a finishing move and then putting all three of those things together while our posts work on ball handling and then a post move and then a counter to that post mm-hmm. move and so for we had 40 practices this year and for 40 straight practices the first 10 minutes we no matter how well we we're playing we always stuck to those daily vitamins that one thing i you know as i look back on things one thing you got to do is Work on your culture every single day. Yeah. Every single day. In fact, that's something I put in my handbook when I hand out to my team is it's a quote, big bold letters underlying it at the top says, we must fight for our culture every single day. And so I think it's not enough just to say it. It's even more just to do it. What can you put into your coach culture to build that? You know the, the challenge to day. that, though, this in this day and age is how much can you hold your kids accountable? You know, from the outside influences, if you know what I mean. I mean, yeah. how, how can you really? And For I'm sure. fighting that too. I don't have a parent situation culture, but we're fighting that with our kids. Is how much can I really put my thumb on them and hold them accountable to the things we want, yeah. and which, i.e., is culture, right? The things you want and all yeah. that stuff. So that's uh, an interesting right. question. And yeah, right. I, that right. Was like, I, as girls coaches, we're not in the locker room with them, and yeah. uh, we don't have access to their phones. And yeah. then <laughs> I teach in a different building. Yeah. In, community and school district yeah. in fact so uh, i'm not even walking the hallways with them so that yeah. gets extremely challenging yeah. for sure do that i uh you know i have that on my practice plan ffyc fight for your culture every day that's the doc rivers thing yes. and and during my sabbatical or my my two years off um one of the and, and in my my last year at my old job um I, I know we lost games because I made the conscientious decision that we're going to hold the kids accountable for their behavior and their the cultural stuff that you talk about. Sure. You know, um, I could I could sleep well at night. I could sleep well at night. Okay, so we didn't win as many games, but I didn't sell my soul mm-hmm. to to. Win, win games because a kid is like this in the locker room or treats their coaches this way or whatever it may be or their practice habits or, or this or that, you know. Um, and, and I think I went through a deal, it'd be about 10 years ago, and I think you probably remember the, the particular people that were involved in that particular yep. situation. And I tried to work with it. You tried to play that game of, come on, you're talented, let's get this together. And from that moment forward, after that, no matter what I did, it, it didn't work. From that moment forward, I'm like, I just made the conscientious decision. If I've got a choice between them being happy and me being happy, I'm going to be happy. And if I've got to do something with one or two kids that are quote-unquote talented to, to, to put us in that situation, I'm, I'm going to side with the team and the culture and that type of stuff because ultimately, in my opinion... Uh, you're going to, if, if you stand strong for those cultural pillars, mm-hmm. you will attract more people in the long run than you will 
push away because of the type of person that you are and, and the type of program that you run. That's that's my opinion. And, and, and I agree with you. But in, in today's day and age, you got to factor in uh, kid appeal. you got to factor in... Uh, you got to get these kids out, right? And on the girls' side, that's pretty tough sometimes when you're yeah. factoring in volleyball in this state and softball and this and that. you gotta, you got to get them out. Yeah. And so where, where's that fine line between, you know, because you got to have players. Yeah. We all know that, yeah, right? Yeah, you yeah. got to have players. But, but, you, but I, think, I think it's – and, again, I teach in the community. I'm very blessed to be in the community yeah. that I am where I've got girls that I think, you know, they want to be held accountable. Like, mm-hmm. there's something that is, like, attractive – about the program of like okay they're gonna hold us to the standard we're gonna go out for it even though it's tough like we want to be a part of it type of thing um but it's not like that everywhere you know what i mean so like i'm really blessed to be where i'm at to be able to do that sort of thing but i do know what you're saying where if you if you go too hard then all of a sudden you're not gonna have any players to play and 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 i don't think you i don't think you go too hard or anything like I, i just think you're very firm and transparent here's the expectation Here's what we expect you to do, and if you and if you don't, now again, Tom, you and I are a little bit different situation than Dexter and Nate, because we've got how many high schools around us that that kids can just roll into. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. in David City and Ord, there's not a whole ton of options. You you <laughs> could do that a little bit, you know, but and that's that's you know, but even in my situation where I'm a and I'm in a bedroom community. Um, I think if you're firm, transparent, and you're consistent with your, and I hate to say enforcement, but that's the word comes to mind. Here's here's our expectations, and here's the standards that we expect you to meet. And if you don't meet it, you know. Uh, we've hijacked your topic, but this might no. be one of the most important things to coaching these days. Oh, in yeah. this day and age is how, how do you keep those kids, A, accountable, well, B, in, engaged, C, wanting to play and improve on a daily basis. Because it's and, not an easy sport. We all know yeah, that, right? Yeah. There's contact involved. There's sweat involved. Running. There's pain involved. What'd there's you all say? that running. stuff. Running. Yeah, running. There's yeah. Yeah. five people to play at a time. So, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And, and, be and good as, offensively, defensively. Yep. As our as our good friend and topic pre-podcast, Andy Gerlez would say, the transfer portal is opening up here in the next week or two. Yeah. Yep. And there's, there's things that go into that as well. Um so, uh, sorry, we're getting a little bit of food here. My son Carter ordered a pizza. Um, could you? Uh, yeah. We're, we're, we're just for the folks at home, it looks like a pepperoni. Just, I think it's just a basic. He just Carter just went basic. I said pepperoni. I was good when I originally she came around for food, and now I'm uh, rethinking my decision. Yeah, you can still order Dexter. So. The amount of professionalism <laughs> that you put out on these podcasts is just amazing. Um. <laughs> We well, tease, we tease Marty because yes, we care. We do yes. because we care. Well, the, the the basketball genius that was flowing in our text chain <laughs> earlier today uh, uh, was unbelievable as well. Um, all right, you got to eat all that pizza. So so let's go down let's go down that rabbit hole a uh, 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 a little. You know, I, I think this is a great topic. I think this is a very pertinent topic. You know, and, and now it certainly is postseason and heading into a new season. Yeah, heading into an off season. Yeah, and and how do you um, how do you? I don't. Again, you, you manage that, but again, you're, you're firm, you're fair, you be transparent, and, and then you're consistent with your with your enforcement of it. And and I think that's the that's the best thing you can do. And I think one of the things I think there's two really big things that you have to do 
that you, there's one big thing that you have to have as a coach, and there's one big thing that you have to be willing to do as a coach. The one big thing that you have to have is you have to have administrative support. And if you don't have an administrative support, when you come in and you say, hey, Dexter's being a pain in the butt, and here's, here's our team covenant, or here's our team standards, and Dexter's doing this and this and this, and I might have to discipline here a little bit, activities director or principal, you got my back, you know, yeah. you know, you, you have to have that. And, and then the other thing is, uh, and this is hard, especially for younger coaches, you have to be willing to take a little bit of heat for enforcing your culture because there's always going to be people that are going to want to take shortcuts. Yeah. And usually those are the people that you have to deal with the culture and the standards and that type of stuff with. And, and so how do you, you know, you have to be willing to do that. And I think that's, I know for me, that was a little bit difficult. The first time I had angry parents, Yeah, that that was difficult. I, I think, like, and Jared, he, he coached me for the first time, like, we had to have a real parent meeting where a parent came up and said, hey, you know, I have questions about this, I have questions about this. And I think you have to be willing to have those conversations as well. Like, you, you can't be scared to stand up for what your culture is and what you believe. No. And so, like, I invite this conversation. Do you want to come into a gym and walk through stuff with me? And you want me to show you exactly what we do and why we do it? I'm very confident in what we're trying to accomplish. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to lose basketball games out here. I'm yeah. not trying to have your kid not be a better basketball player. I want all of these things to happen. And here's how I see us doing that. And so, like, being able to come in and answer questions, talk to people – and you can kind of get in a – that's kind of a scary situation for a lot of people. But if you have administration that has your back too where it's like, okay, we believe in what he's doing, like it makes it more comfortable for you to be able to have those conversations. Nate, haven't you been in multiple communities and yeah, schools? Yeah, the, is, it, is it different between situations and towns and regions and all that? You know, for the most part, I think uh, kids are kids for the yeah. most part. Um kids are really just a byproduct of how they're being raised in all the four different communities that I've that I've coached. In fact, I've been in uh, both schools in David City, and kids really just are kids. You're going to get all kinds of them at, uh, no matter where you go. Um, you know, the administrative support and um, means have been different everywhere I've gone, but, uh, you know, I'm very grateful for working with Aquinas the last four years. I have nothing but wonderful things to say about uh, the administration there and the support that I had there. It was just, uh, you know, I had to, I had to really, it, it, I just had to take some time to, to yeah. I, I realized what, after I'd stepped away, I realized uh, what it was doing to me. Um, yeah. We all love the sport, and we all, it's all just a game, but we do take the game seriously sometimes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so um, I, I didn't realize what kind of was doing to me uh, physically and mentally until I was done. Finally, yeah. so yeah. yeah. Anything else, fellas? What's what's next? What's behind door two? I don't know. What do you, what do you want behind? <laughs> we we, uh, we kind of talked about with uh, Dexter wanted to talk about interactions with with parents and, yeah, so, and fans. So go, you know, you lead this one. Yeah, okay. D money. I just I don't know if you saw the viral video recently of the coach that. Uh, I can't remember. I think it was in Virginia, Virginia high school coach, where he goes over the bench and he goes up and he like pushes the fan. I have the video no, for you. I haven't seen this. I'm too. No, it's it's pretty crazy. Keep in mind, I'm 55. Um, I don't care. Yeah, anyway, no, it's just starting to go viral. 55. 55. Yes. Well, he said he was 40, and I almost said, "Well, you're halfway to Tom." <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> I feel it. Yeah. Oh, 
trust me. Yeah, it's it's um, a it's a pretty yeah. crazy deal. And I mean, this guy, he's an older guy, and and I mean, so he, the only reason why I wanted to bring this up is, I I had a moment um, this season really that I've never really had before, um, where it's an emotional time. I we had just lost um, a conference game in a really tough way, and I'm not really proud of the way I handled that. As well, I just thought we got a, kind of a bad call. I stick by that; it was a bad call. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't proud of the way that I uh, approached the refs about it. Um, but then, so then I'm emotionally charged, and then we come into the next day. We're not in the championship game, the one game we wanted to be in. Um, and then we're playing a team that had beat us before, um, and we're just we're firing on cylinders. Everything's going great. You know, we're emotionally. I'm just fully engaged in that, and then I person in the crowd starts chirping at me and I had a moment where something could happen for us I yelled something towards the crowd and then back um, and I was back coaching again um, and and it's just one of those things where after the game was over the second the game was over I, I knew right when I said it I knew I was wrong and it, it was nothing like I didn't curse at him or anything I just said it was they were talking about me coaching and the way I'm still yeah. pressing and like um so i said something about us pressing them and then after the game was over i apologized went over and i apologized and said i you know i was emotional i apologize yeah. for for doing that and then they were not happy with me even still um but i thought about that moment of like when like when are you allowed to defend yourself you know like these people can they, you're when, so when invested in your kids yeah. Right, and like they talk to you, and they can say whatever they want, and you're not allowed to respond. Like, when is the line? And have you ever had a moment like that where you like afterwards you're like, I probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> oh, I've had a hundred because, uh, and I've seen twelve of them. <laughs> uh, I'm a very vocal guy. I'm a very up and down the sidelines guy. I'm a very passionate, emotional guy for my kids. I want my kids to play like that. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes that's that. That passion is misunderstood. It's easy to misunderstand it in the crowd when you're not as invested. Um, and I learned, I, I was told something years and years and years ago by a college coach, I can't remember, but he said, just remember, nobody will be as invested as you are in this. Your kids won't be, the parents won't be, your assistants won't be, it's your program. You're going to be the one that's going to be the most invested. So I've, you know, it's, I, answer i don't know that there's ever a time to engage with the crowd i try not to i don't think yeah. i have much um try not to listen to what goes on but there's been some crowds and i, I won't say the communities but they've they've gotten on me and got I, I protect my kids mostly i mean yeah i'll go out I'll, I'll get on somebody if you're on my kids yeah for sure and um but it's the hardest thing in the in the world is to get a team ready to play amp them up and you get amped up, and then you go out and compete in a very public forum. Yeah. yeah. And so everybody gets to see our mistakes. And um, I guess I would, would, would counsel to, to just try to keep that to your assistants, yell at an assist. I yell at my assistants. <laughs> so I just pretend it's those guys. He yells at everybody. And, yeah. uh, um, so I don't know the answer to your question. That I, I don't know that, that I saw the video. You can't do what that coach did. Yeah, no. the video you, you can't crazy. jump. You gotta stay in between the lines. Yeah. Um, and you, again, you go back to, to Marty saying, hopefully there's an administrator around that will yeah. remove that person, and um, and kind of keep control of things. 
Yeah. But I, I, again, I go back to we're the ones that are the most invested in the gym in this game. Yeah. I had a deal, and I, I won't mention the school in our conference on the other side of Sioux City, Iowa, that I used to coach against that I have some a lot of connections with. And we were up there, and we got up big. And it was their senior night. It was all, you know, we always played them last game of the year. So it was, when they played at our place, it was senior night. Played at their place, it was always right. senior night. So we go up there, and uh, we got up like 18 in, in that place. And not many teams are win there, let alone get up like 18. Right. And so uh, during, those t- during that time, during that time. And they chipped away, chipped away. They took the lead with about a minute and a half left. And I called a timeout. We were down like one. And all of a sudden, some dude from across the gym starts, I mean, literally heckling me by name. Hey, Marty, you thought you were going to get the win tonight. Uh, Marty, hey, what are you doing now? And I had, like, I'm like, seriously, what did I, what did I, yeah. So, I didn't know you could hear me. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I just thought it was some homeless guy outside the gym. Some guy with his wrinkly shirt. Yeah. Wasn't that the guy I gave two bucks to? <laughs> <laughs> and so, so the game plays out. And we got fouled with like three seconds left. And I couldn't believe, especially during that era, that we got a call in the last five seconds of the game that turned the game. And my kid steps up into the line, hits two free throws. We win by one. I didn't say a word. I just turned across to the gym, and I just went like this. I just put my hands in the air, and then I just I, I turned to whoever the dude was, and I just put my hands up like this. I held it there for about three seconds, looking right over there, and then I walked to the back. I, I think the biggest thing that you could do, and again, that may not be the most mature way to handle things, but just let your play speak for yourself. Yeah. Let your team speak for itself. Uh if you feel like you're doing things the right way, you just got to tune that stuff out because as soon as you let people know that they're – you tell your kids, don't yeah, worry about anything sure. else, just play. So when you're when you're coaching, you just worry about coaching. You got to do that. If you're going to if you're gonna talk that talk, you got to walk the walk. You got to right. show your kids that that's the way to do it, you know, so. Yeah, um, unfortunately, you know, this happened to me uh, just this year. Um, you know, I, I pull double duty every game. I'm the JV and the varsity coach. Um, and so I'm doing a coach a double header every day, but it gets to the dog days of February when you're mm. so tired. And so we had a, and we play our varsity games at home before the JV games. And so we had a, a, a varsity game that we let kind of slip away at the end of the game. And oh, in fact, no. we watched this team play this morning. And so I was, you know, a little upset then, then had to go coach a JV game. And so um, definitely a little little uh, emotional but um, you know I, I kept hearing um, our parents our, our, we had some of our own parents chirping at our players out on the, yeah. out on the court it's the worst and, it, the, and it got to the point parent. where it started to be a distraction and I remember talking back to them and so uh, to answer your question Dexter I know what I did about it is I know as soon as I said something to the crowd I was wrong and then I um, sent an email to all our administration saying, here's what happened. Here's mm-hmm. what I did. I was wrong. It's never going to happen again. Let's try to move on. 
and I know the support that I got back was absolutely fantastic yeah. with it. Uh, and that's when I kind of realized then that I, I, I might need to, you know, maybe take a step back because this is getting me a little bit. So yeah, uh, um, I, I think just being, I think we said it earlier, being open and honest and transparent, yeah, absolutely, uh, about how you're feeling, um, and and the situation within itself, and never being, never being too embarrassed or too proud to right. say. That's I'm that's sorry. why, like, as yeah. soon as that game was over, I was like, all right, I got to go say something because yep. it's like. You ultimately, that, when, ultimately, that says more than just ignoring the situation. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like, a, yeah, if this is a heated moment. I know that I was in the wrong. And I think that, yeah, for leadership, especially for, not just in this situation, but for all of our coaching situations, it's like admitting you are, you are wrong at times is, means a lot to the kids. Oh, yeah. I, I think I, I, I tell our kids after every game, especially after a loss, Hey, you know, I know that we turned it over X amount of times, but you know what? I played, I made plenty of mistakes tonight as well. You know, I I should have done this. There's, you know, different substitution or de- different play call or defensive call or whatever it may be, and you know, how how you handle the refs. I should have handled this differently or whatever it may yeah, be. I try so. to communicate to my parents before the season starts. There should only be one voice during a game, one instructional voice during the game. You guys have the greatest job in the world. Sit back. And clap your hands, yep. and after the game, say, "I love you." I'm proud I enjoyed of you. watching you play. I enjoyed, I watching, enjoyed you watching you play. play. And are you hungry? Let us be the instructors. Let us be the ones that are stressed out and emotional. As, and I think what a, a lot of people don't know is, is you know, when we go play an opponent, we've probably watched them play three times that day. Yeah. And then some people think they have an opinion when they've watched them play for 30 seconds <laughs> yep. on how they should be guarded. And yep. we've probably have watched them play at least three times and <laughs> made several phone calls about that. And yep. Trying to keep that in perspective. Like Coach Crable said, no one's more invested than we are. And yep. keeping, that, keeping that where it is. Yep. And I think as a parent, then, it makes me look at it, too. Like when I watch my daughter play, like especially if she's being coached by someone else, you're, you're just taking a step back and just cheering them on and, like, oh. understanding what you don't like as a coach oh. coming from a parent and trying not to do that. And at the end of the at the end of the end game, just saying, I enjoyed watching you play. Yeah. It means a lot to yep. kids. I, uh, you know, my, my son Carter is sitting here, and, and he played through his sophomore year, and we went to a lot of games. And I hope that you, when you heard my voice, it was always a positive thing that I was cheering on the team. I was never he's heard shaking of it. his head now. Good, yeah, good. Were never oh. positive. That's what he says. <laughs> he's locked in. He's got his game face on. Yeah, so. My daughter's sitting right here, and she'll tell you at soccer games, I cheer for both teams, don't I? And it embarrass you, doesn't it? Yeah, especially if I know That's players right. from both teams. I'll That's call right. them out by name and cheer for both teams. Yeah. The only time uh, mine hear mine, it's not positive. <laughs> I, I have high school kids. So. Yes, yes. But that's hard. It's hard to sit there and watch your oh, child sure, play. Yeah. And I've had five daughters play, and it's hard. The hardest thing in the world. Yeah. As a coach, as a oh, father, yeah. it's very easy. But yeah. as a coach, man, it's hard to keep quiet. Well, <laughs> and, I, and I know I went through a, a situation. And, again, I'm not Mike Krzyzewski or John Wooden or, or even Tom Crable or any oh, of stop, these fine, fine people here. Uh, maybe Josh Siski, but that might be another level. But I uh, – we had a season, one of your junior high years, 7th or 8th grade, and he had uh, a young coach that was struggling. It was it was a struggle. He, he they, they hired a young guy to coach. It was your 8th grade year? 
and I had more than one parent on the team come up to me and say, why don't you go help him out? Why don't you go help him out? Go go talk to him. Go help him out. And, I'm, and no, I am not going to do that. Yeah. I am not going to do that. If he comes to me or if he says, hey, can you help me out in a practice or, you know, so forth and so on, um, then, yeah, then I'll talk to him a little bit. But I'm not going to go down there and coach the team. I'm not going to be his assistant coach. I'm not going to sit on the sideline. My job is to be a dad yep. right now. Yep. And 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 I I was on the other side of that when I coached uh, Sydney McDermott, Greg's daughter. You know, I mean, Greg's one of the best coaches in the country, and I can say, unqualitatively, Greg was an awesome player. Here's a guy he knows more about basketball in his pinky finger than I know in my entire body. I never heard a word from Coach Mack the entire time. Uh, I asked him uh, for. Like, we, we needed to use their gym one time to practice. And maybe one other thing that I, I asked him maybe to buy kids do- donuts for a breakfast or something like that because we had an early shooter out for something. Mm-hmm. And, th- and that was literally our communication other than, hey, how you doing, blah, blah, blah. And, and I think that for parents that might be listening to this or for coaches that have parents, you know, here's a guy who's one of the best coaches in the country. And for three years, he never said one word to me about my coaching. So you should be doing that too because that guy is way more qualified than anybody to say something about anybody's coaching and and i think that was for me that was such a a great thing for me during that time period because he was he was just an awesome awesome guy to to coach his his daughter so um that's my two cents worth on that anything else guys no that's on door three i don't know uh what are you going to work on what are you going to work on, personally? This off, this this we call it improvement season at Fort Calhoun. So, we're we're not any different than anybody. We got to be able to pass, dribble, shoot, pivot. No, I'm talking about you as a coach. Oh, just for my development? Yes, your development. Oh, oh, oh! I love. Well, I'm going to take this time and go watch people practice, play, talk to anybody and everybody. I've met two guys here. Well, I I've, I've known uh, Coach Wall for a while. I know of him. Um, I just talk to everybody and anybody. We, and we try not to recognize Dexter. I understand. I if don't, you don't want to talk about Dexter. No, yeah, so yeah, we're yeah, going to talk yeah. some basketball. I just <laughs> love watching it, seeing it. Um, I stole a, I stole an inbounds play today, mm-hmm. um, just seeing it. So we're going to work on that. Um, I'm going to work on my um, I'm going to work on my demeanor. Try to become a happier coach with my kids. <laughs> <laughs> so now we honestly we build to, to coach where I coach to coach the way I coach. Um, off-season relationship building is the only way I can do it because um, I'm hard on my kids. I'm hard during the season, but they got to know I love them. We got to put time in, real time. Yeah. So we we spend all this starting probably in two weeks. I'm with my players, you know, watching them run track. I go to more track meets than any non-track coach than you can imagine. You um, do do a really good job of coming out and so, watching your kids and their other yeah, activities. So, yeah. You know, they got to know they care. They, you know, I'm dealing with at-risk kids very minimal families so they just want to know you care so we we spent a lot of time on that um and again from a coach and my personal development um i'll go i'll go watch basketball I'll go watch i'm gonna go watch creighton practice um i'll come down next week and watch coach hoiberg practice and just uh-huh. sitting and, and see I'll, I'll always pick something up something i don't like something i like something whatever why am i doing this this guy does it this way anything and everything's on the table yeah how about you nate you know, you've you've got some, you got some time. 
right now. And, and I was there a few years ago, and um, we've kind of texted back and forth a little bit. And uh, for me, it was pretty doggone liberating. You know, it was like you know, you just you just get to worry about you. You don't have to worry about high school team, junior high team, that just you know all this other stuff. You know, so going into kind of some some downtime without a team, what's one or two things that you're going to focus on for yourself? Yeah, I think I just got to start to um, open up the doors to just different, you know, sometimes we can get stuck in a rut. You know, we think we know what we know. We think we know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck on this offensive way and this defensive play. I think, um, di- I think just diving in and studying different offensive different ways you can play offensively and defensively and then um you know i I like to read more books about culture building and uh and and ways to motivate kids as well and so um and then you know i got a little girl sitting next to me now that's starting to become pretty obsessed with basketball i mean she did a shot chart for three and a half games today oh that a girl Uh, lady and so i i think maybe striking it while striking while it's hot right now and really working on with them and their development and just uh maybe get a nap in here and there because, <laughs> because it's, it's 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 been a while because i know sometimes i i'd stress myself out like you know if 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 i'm not if i'm not um if i'm not getting better right now what's that guy at saint cecilia doing right now what's yeah. that guy at, at uh, grand island central catholic doing right now so maybe just uh take it in time to breathe a little bit yeah. and I think seeing more practices, uh, yeah, for sure, and just you know, just really start to open up my eyes to other ways to play. Probably my the the best thing for me when I was in that spot was going to watch a bunch of practices, and and I mean it was, and I, and I've said this on the pod before. I was really thankful to everybody that let me come in and watch them practice, and uh, because they didn't have to, you know. And, and for me, it was just, okay, this either really confirmed what I was doing was, is I really felt like that's the right way to do it, or I, I need to look at this differently on, on how we, you know, practice and culture, yeah. you know, all, all of it, all of it, all Yeah, together. one thing I guess I'm really proud of I've done the last handful of years is I've announced some games on the radio, and so... I think I've gotten better at communicating to my kids because when you're doing um, color on a radio, you have to be a good communicator because you're trying to talk to people who can't see what's happening. Yeah. And so I saw really saw started to see the yeah. game from a different different perspective then. And then to you know to make more a little more money for my family, I started reffing as well. Uh-huh. Uh, so reffing youth games and realizing how hard it is. Oh yeah. Uh, and. Come see, on, it ain't that hard. <laughs> I'm just teasing. They make you look so see hard. Game, I'm just teasing. I see just a game teasing. from that angle as well. And what I realized, you know, the you know, my last four years, I have really laid off the refs. I mean, I hardly say anything anymore because, again, it helps me see from a different angle and, and be better. I'm better at communicating to my kids as well. You, know, you probably got that foul because I guess here's how I saw that exact same play and yeah. So I, I think doing more opportunities to do things like that, more radio, yeah. more reffing, uh, yeah. being a fan and just seeing things through a different lens, I think is an okay thing. How about you, Dexter? Um, you know, for us, um, you know, being in a district final, we haven't been there for a while. And so right now there's kind of a little bit of a buzz. So just trying to build with that um, with my high schoolers, trying to keep them in the gym, 
Um, but you know, a big emphasis for me, I have a daughter who's in second grade now and just like, you know, developing the youth. Uh, we have a full youth four and four league that we're doing, um, you know, and, and really focusing in on that. Um, and then as far as for me, I think I do a bunch, I don't actually read a whole lot. I'm dyslexic. Don't really love it that much, but audiobooks. I do a ton of audiobooks. I'm just trying to learn what the best are doing. Um, and I think going to practice, it's kind of hard where we're at it with or just because there's not a ton of places to go around us to be able to go watch. Um, but that's something I always try to do every off season is go watch somebody coach, um, at a, the college ranks just to see what they're doing. Um, but also this time of year to better yourself, I truly think, and you're in a position where you don't have a team you have to think about, but like being able to just step away from the game. If you want to be the best you possibly can be, you have to take a moment to be with your family, step away, decompress yeah. a little bit, yeah. and then then you can hop back in and be really, really good. Like when I was yeah. younger, I think I just thought like this is the grind, right? I still yeah. got to do all this all the time. It's got to be basketball, basketball, basketball. Like, and then you start to realize like you get worse when. Yeah, at the end of the next season, so you're just burnt out. Put a quick plug in for you. I did get Coach Plum's a uh, program vision booklet, and I read that oh, from yeah. cover to cover this summer, and then this fall I decided, you know what, I I do this, but I need to get it out of my brain and start to put it onto paper. So I started the the program vision booklet that that's awesome. your idea and started to put that all and I handed that to administrators before the season. I had a parent meeting and I handed it to them before the season as well and said, "Here is how our program functions. Here's, you know, when we have a hour 20 minute practice, here's how we divide our time. Here's what a 90 minute practice looks like. Here's what a 75 minute practice looks like." Here's skill development every single week of the season, how that looks. And so, you know, as I sit and, you know, ponder and think about what's next, I know I want to continue to add to that booklet and think about, I think what's goal, what Coach Plum did in his booklet. And, you know, I I better get some little bit of pro. If you start selling (laughs) this booklet here, but I think the most genius page you had is what does our program look like in September, October, what, November, December, and you laid out it. You laid out your program for twelve straight months and what's happening. With oh, that. thank you, thank you. That's a paid endorsement by Nate Wall LLC. You know, <laughs> great, greatly, but greatly that, appreciated. That book changed my life. It really. Oh, jeez, boy, this is <laughs> this, this is getting heavy. Uh-huh. I will say, I do get to do one thing that's important to my development, and I do get to go my sixteenth year of girls AAU basketball. Um, and get out and travel with my daughters, and this is their, this is my youngest twins' last season. So this will be the last season I do it. Yeah. Um, but 16 years I've been doing it, and I'm here to tell any of the boy, men's coaches that are doing it, coaching girls has made me a better coach. It just has. I you gotta they're they're so literal, and they're you gotta you gotta almost create offense for them sometimes. Sometimes you don't, but. Uh, but it just has challenged me as a coach. You can't just ISO somebody on the wing and say, "Go get a bucket." Oh. Most days, yeah. <laughs> some 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 of the coaches and if, are and, if, and if you have but, if you have a girls basketball player that can do that, you're going to win a lot yeah, exactly. because there's not very many girls but, basketball uh, players it, that can do that. But it's been a fun time, and, and so every time I go into that, I'm all amped up on the boys' side, and I'm you know 
low tolerances and no. Oh, no, uh, I've seen it. I've seen but, it. Tom. But by the time I've the seen fifth, it, I've heard it. About the fifth practice through the girls' season, I'm kind of a little calmer, and ha- you just got to flip a switch uh, and coach them different. Fifth, it just is. fifth practice. What's that? Fifth practice. I try to. Okay. All right. They, they, they would probably say different things, but it's it's good. coaching your kids a challenge, man. Yeah. Coaching yeah, coaching your own kid. Yeah. Is I had the best advice sometimes when you're coaching your own kid. You hope that they're either the best player on the team or the, the worst, worst player, player on the team. team. Yeah. <laughs> because if they're in that middle, man, you're in for a ride. Yeah. <laughs> I I coached him for one session of some yeah. fall league. What grade were you in? About fifth. Fifth grade, fifth, sixth grade, sixth grade. He re, he remembers it better Maybe than you I do. Remember it, yeah. <laughs> and I told my wife after about two weeks, I was like, and it's not that we we love each other very much, but it's two hard-headed Italians that were just hidden, yeah. hidden, very stubborn, and 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 uh, you know he was a really really smart basketball player. He understood how to play the game. I learned yeah. something. What? Plum's Italian. Plum, the pump, the plum part of it is Irish. Just, no, it's I, Irish. I, okay. My mom was Maletta. <laughs> oh, okay, right. from Sicily, actually. No, I'm not kidding. I, I, you know, I, yeah. take, I take this places yeah. you don't really want to go. Yeah, no, it's 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 fine, you know. And 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 if you mess with me too much, you'll end up with places where you don't want to go either. Yeah, you'll find a horse yeah. head in your in your bed, or you'll be taking a dirt nap, buddy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> The Godfather is mandatory viewing at every family reunion, my man. <laughs> so for the seven people that are now listening to this, and that's not would remember he said that. Uh, yeah. Uh, hey, don't, don't don't worry, Fredo. I knew it was you. Uh, <laughs> oh, as I, as we say on the coaching staff, it only took us forty nine minutes to lose them. Yep. So yes. some, I think. A couple weeks ago, Tony and I set a record. I think we got like 52 seconds into it, and we lost everybody at that point. So, I listened to that one. Um, uh, for me, I, I got to get back into uh, reading. You know, I got to get back into reading, and and I'm a big reader. I'm a book nerd, and 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 uh, the last, I, I still read a lot, but I, I read before I go to bed. And what I haven't done is read during the day. Because one of my problems, and I think I've said this before, is I would read Rick Pitino's latest book, or I'd read John Gordon's book, and I, then I'd, I'd be up there, and I'd get done, and I'd be like, it's time to go to sleep, but I got this idea rolling through my head, and this idea rolling through. So one of the things I had to do during my sabbatical time was uh, I, I had to not do that anymore, like because I had trouble turning it off. Yeah. But I kind of got to the point where I turned it off to the point where it's like I got to get back into it because I, I feel like, uh, you know, that's something that I need to continue to to learn about to to make myself better as a leader is to constantly uh, reinvigorate ideas on leadership and uh, because you guys know we've all given enough locker room and pre practice and post practice speeches. We're saying the same thing every single time. We just have to figure out a different way to say it or a different way to emphasize it yeah. and that type of thing. And I think that's one thing that, that I haven't done a very good job. I don't think, I, you know, I, I told, you know, I just got to do a better job with my team next year as well. And, and, and I've got to do, you know, we were, if we weren't the youngest team in the state, I don't know who was because we started three freshmen pretty much every game all year. And we brought in two freshmen off the bench that played a lot. 
and there were times where I, I, and there were other, you know, we had, again, we had the injuries, we had some things that, and, and, uh, I just did, I don't feel like I did as good a job developing those younger players the way that I should have. I should have been more patient. And so how do I learn how to be more patient? I've got to find different ways to motivate the kids and do a better job with that. And, and so that's one of, that's my big thing that I want to get better at in the, in the, uh, in the improvement season time. Uh, that's a, that's a focus of mine is to do a better job with that and just focus, you know, one of the things I have written on my practice plan, uh, process over product. Yeah. And I got to do a better job of focusing on the process instead of worrying about the product, i.e. the final score at the end of the night. That was like one of my big emphasis this year was because I just wanted to, this was the first time at Ord where I had a group that I taught in elementary school and then I had them as high schoolers as well. And so they, they were my managers. I'd had them all the way through and I just wanted to enjoy this group. I had a great group of seniors and that was one of the things that I wanted to do too was just want to enjoy this moment enjoy this process because i think as coaches sometimes we are so next game next game next game next game that we forget to enjoy the moment that we have and so that was and again even though that was my emphasis every day was try to enjoy it try to enjoy it later on in the season that you get the more that pressure kind of builds a little bit and i had well especially when you're not meeting your own expectations absolutely yeah absolutely yeah so um. Yeah, and I think that that's right. And sometimes that snowballs a little yeah. bit. You know, your 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 mood snowballs a yes. little bit. Your 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 own frustrations and and the vast majority of the time, and I don't know what the exact percentage is, but a very high percentage of the time, the kids are trying to do the best that they can. Yeah. Sure. And when we get frustrated with them, you know. It's like we're, I'm giving you everything I got, Coach. I, I, I am. Yeah. I, I really am. I, I really am trying. Now, again, there's exceptions to that rule. Don't get me wrong. I, I've been there done that. I know there's exceptions to that rule. But for the most part, most of our kids are well-intentioned kids. They want to do well. They don't want to blow that layup. They don't want to blow that defensive assignment. Right. They want to stay on the floor. They want to play. There's a reason why they're out. Yeah. Uh, and, and, I, and I think when things don't go well, especially when you have X amount of expectations, that starts to snowball, and then that starts to, and I, and I think that's the one of the harder things to move on from, as you as you get into that point. So for sure. So, what else, guys? We got five, ten minutes left. Whatever here, we got about twenty minutes till tip off of so our next one. one. One thing I noticed today, watching the the yeah, games. let's do that. What 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 did you see so, from today's games? Let's let's go. Let's end there. That's a good one. Uh, I saw probably what's it's what I see two four six. Six or eight teams play, and probably two thirds of those teams jam jam the ball on a defensive rebound. So they're pressing a miss, or they're jamming a miss, smothering it. They are. Yeah. Is that pretty common in the girls' game? Because in a boys' game, I think you have a tendency to either send two back or send three back, and then you know you turn and burn. You talk first three steps when the yeah. ball's up. But I noticed in a girls' game, in these good on these good teams, they're they're almost pressing, and just to slow the, the transition down, I think, mm-hmm. to and then to get out. I think like a team like Millard South might really be trying to turn you over. Yeah, <laughs> right. But most – is that pretty common? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what our de- what our defensive transition philosophy was. We have one get-back girl. And so her job is every single time we shoot, 
you get back. Or we turn the ball over, you get back. And I always try to have one in the game at all times. And then we have two girls that we call crash and dash. So you crash, they're usually post players. You crash and then you dash and get matched up. And then we have two girls that we call crash and match. So feel free to go get offensive rebounds, but if the other team gets a the defensive rebound, we're finding the guards and we're taking away the outlets immediately. Oh. If a post player were to get the offense, post player were to get the defensive rebound, we're just cool with kind of letting them go ahead and, and dribble it up to court. But that's one thing that I thought we did extremely well was that kind of transition defense, where it went to. Um, hell at in a handbasket was when I didn't have a get-back girl in the game. And I wouldn't have a get-back girl in the game because maybe the situation changed or somebody isn't playing well. Um, and then all of a sudden we got, you know, players like, hey, coach, you don't got a get-back girl in. Like, I know it's – so that like was, that was kind of strategically. But Prior to the game you had – you had, like, designated – Prior to the season. Right. So you I have, like – this girl is the get-back girl. I tell You're going to get zero offensive that's, boards. That's at the varsity JV level. They find out before the season that you are a get-back girl. So, so for I 40 think, practices and 24 games, your only job in the world is to get back. So I think Your only job North, is to crash a match. North Dakota men's team. I want to say it was North Dakota. I, I watched them, uh, their coach present once, and, and he talked about that too. He gives a number to each one of his players. Um, and it is like either a full crash or a full back where you get all the way back, a half back or a matchup. And um, like he gives those numbers to each kid. Um, and that way, as soon as they go in the game, they know. But then sometimes he's got like multiple get backs and like that, like he just gives them the number and like their assistants just try to get those numbers like matchup in the game. Ours is not interchangeable throughout the season. Like they find out during the season. Right. Like, and, and my I think, job is to get back. Right. So even if we're doing shell drill, they are training themselves, and it just it's just like a it is just a reaction. We shoot, I'm back. We right. shoot, I'm crashing, and I'm matching. Gotcha. Do you ever get caught where, like, the get-back girl is, like, she's the one shooting a layup, and then it's like, oh, We do, crap. we do, and we think that's a good thing if we're shooting a layup. That's okay. Right. It, I, it, no, it takes I'm, a little bit. Yeah, it does happen. But we always tell our girls, it's called turd alley. Don't get caught in turd alley. You're not getting back, and you're not crashing the boards. Don't get caught doing nothing. And then when we struggled, we, yeah. called, we called it turd alley. You're not doing yeah. anything at all. So to answer your question, Coach yeah. Crayball, um, I do think, yeah, that that that's pretty that's pretty common. It is. is it? Okay. Uh, and we really struggle with that because, like, for us, that's our goal is to get it out and get it up the floor as fast as right. possible. Um, and so, like, some teams that are, that are really good at it, they can 100% slow you down. And then the teams that aren't great at it, all of a sudden, now you can get yeah, layups, layups, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we are not – we have played a few teams that are like that, and we saw sure. it more – uh, towards the end of the year, too, when people started to kind of realize, like, transition threes, rim yeah. runners, do, do or you, something. Do, does the skill level or the ability of the other team matter? Do you think the better teams do that more and harder, and the, the, the maybe the lesser well, teams well, are trying I, uh, to get back? I mean, what's... I, I think in the the biggest difference, if, if you wanted to narrow down, other than the obvious gender differences of boys basketball yeah, girls basketball. because you don't basketball. see that a ton yeah, of the so, boys. Everybody's no. worried about Because yeah. 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 a 6 eight kid can turn and throw it 35 yeah. feet to well, yeah. and, and it's hard and, to and, do yeah. that. And other, the than, <laughs> other than the obvious athleticism differences and yeah. things like that, uh, the, the 
the best teams normally, not always, but normally in, in girls and women's basketball are teams that really pressure. Yeah. Because girls, especially girls' high school teams, they, they, they struggle at times with the speed of the game and the athleticism, and then they make poor decisions, and then the more yeah. athletic team can can make you know can yeah. get easy baskets off the turnovers and things like that and and so uh i think what you're talking about is pretty normal because you know what separate you don't see as many upsets in girls basketball as you do in boys basketball because of the athleticism differences between the best teams and even the good teams yeah. is usually much bigger than it is on the boys side yeah. you know and so I, I think that is a, a thing. I, I I feel like I don't know how many things I'm qualified to talk about on this podcast, but I do feel like I could talk about this. You know, so I've been at my new job for three years. My first year, we were very, very conservative because we were not really athletic. So we were – our defensive transition was you one or – we're setting one and a half to the board. We're setting three and a half back first thing we've got to do to try and win games is we got to prevent the other team from scoring as much as they've scored. So we were almost Princeton, old school Pete Carrill, yeah. Princeton-like in our defensive transition. And, and and that was a team, our tallest kid was like 5'6 with her bangs curled. So we weren't going to get a whole lot of offensive rebounds anyway, so we might as well just get back. Right. Now, and, and we basically did that for two years. Now this last year, with my younger players were more athletic and and we have more athletes in general not to take anything away from the kids that played for me my first two years they busted their butt they did a great job so forth and so on and it's not so much about the athleticism it's about the depth we have we just have more players that that can play so we made the conscientious decision whether for better or worse again with such a young team that we were going to, we call it smother, deny, three back. So shot goes up. Or we miss and Ord gets the rebound. Closest girl smothers the ball. The next closest girl denies the outlet. And if you're not smothering and if you're not denying, you're back. And the with the goal of eventually as we get better at this is, okay, we smother, we deny, now we're kind of matched up a little bit, we slow it down, now let's see if we can work the ball, maybe see if we can run and jump out of it, trap, rotate, and again, take advantage of the athleticism and and creating that chaos. And so, um, now, with that being said, we had two or three games late in the year where we got our butt kicked by a couple of pretty good point guards. Right. And so now I'm sitting there going, is this what we really want to do? And one of the things that I've got to decide between now and Memorial Day is, do we want to keep doing that? Yeah, where's and, your commitment and, level? Right? And, yeah, and, and <laughs> you know, how do we, you know, where do we stand with that? Now, because I'm kind of a, I want to be aggressive and it by nature, yeah. because I feel like that's the best way to play, we're probably going to stay with it. But I'm going to think long and hard about it. That's that's probably on my on my list of scheme stuff. That's at the top of my list. What are we going to do with our defensive transition? Yeah, but That's far and away my biggest in, thing. In, in, in like this, do you vary the, the levels of your of your pressure? Do you yes. Have the, do you, so you're, you're very because we did we started to do that a little bit this year. Tried yes. to, and we're going to do more as we move on next year. Full court, quarter court, half court, mm-hmm. three-quarter court, all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's 
that's part of what we're talking about, right? You're yeah. J- you're jamming, you're pressuring. Yeah. That's full well, court. It, it, I mean, in that situation, we're just going. But, like, yeah. are we in our yellow press? Are we run, Are we in our, our black man-to-man press? Are we Are we just, you know, and, and, you know, we talked about those certain things. And, again, in our situation, and I called this our MacGyver year because we were just keeping it together by rubber bands and paper clips in a lot of situations. Because I didn't see – I didn't see uh, – I didn't see a lot of different levels of pressure today on those six or eight teams that are all good. Uh, they pretty much were all in or all out. We're going to be a you know ninety four feet, or we're going to be twenty five feet. Quarter feet in, yeah. in, you know, so I just yeah. was curious. Yeah. No, I. I, I it's so like for us, like we are pretty much going to guard you ninety feet away from the hoop ninety percent of the time is what yeah. we say. Um, but like the amount of pressure on ball is what varies for us. Well, we so you try have, to, do you have a call on or yes, up, yeah. up so, off? Yeah. Yep, so whether or not we are going to trap yeah. or play off or, you know, to, like we so have fake pl- pressure. So when you play off, are you denying the wings in because you got you, the, you can keep the ball in front of you a little bit better? Um, or so we'll, is everybody off? <laughs> yeah, so we just then play all gaps. We just call so, it gapping. Okay. So, yeah, when you're when you're off, then, yeah, you're playing a gap. Gotcha. And, you, and we do that as a counter to our – most of the time, we're just full court pressure trap, trying to speed teams up, and then you pull that off, right. and then kids' brains are still working fast, thinking that there's still pressure, and there's not pressure. Sure. Is what we try to do in theory. Got you. Yeah. Gotcha. All right, great conversation, fellas. Sounds yeah. good. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Nate, thanks for coming in. Of course. You were my Norm Charlton today, left-handed reliever out of the bullpen. Do you know who Norm Charlton is? I do. I, I'd rather be Mitch Wild Thing Williams, uh, a, a fellow Chicago Cubs who, fan. Who my would? Bad. <laughs> yes. That guy let it. Oh, that guy let a yeah, life now. Yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> Mitch Williams coming in out of the pen. Uh, Ferguson Jenkins, because uh, you're that old, coming okay. out of the pen. Jeez, I'm not this. That guy played in the '60s. Uh, that seems that, that seems right. Still alive and he's still hip. That, that, that seems right. Yeah, getting a statue. We couldn't spring. come up with an '80s reference somewhere or what? Steve. Uh, well, uh, I'm excited Rick, to Rick figure Sutcliffe. out who mine is because I still have no idea who <laughs> either of these two okay. are. Rick Sutcliffe, there you go. 1984 Cy Young there you award go. winner. Uh, Dexter, uh, let's see. Chicago. Yeah, well, you, you were you were penciled in as the opening day starter here. Greg Maddox, uh, Mark Pryor. Oh, Mark Pryor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not the first time Dexter's heard that either. Yep. Uh, yes. For sure. Yeah, so uh, we want to thank the Mellow Mushroom. Uh, Carter Plum, I'm going to give you the microphone here. Give us a review of, of your pizza here Hey, today, Mom, buddy. I appreciate yep. you sticking with us. <laughs> um, I would say a 10 out of 10. Every year we come to the state tournament, I told my dad that he has to make me a promise that at least once we have to stop at the Mellow Mushroom. And every year I force him to take me because it's my favorite. And it's consistently good and affordable. You get a lot of bang for your buck. So That's a good plug. That, that's my, that's my uh, sophomore in college, Carter Plum. Do you need uh, a mac and cheese sophomore. review? Uh, Laney, how was the and macaroni and cheese? It was good. I think he just satisfied his Thumbs NIL up. requirements, didn't yes, he? Yes, I think he did. <laughs> okay. For the South Dakota State men's club volleyball team. There yeah, they, they're on the NIL deal there. Yeah, so. Well, your NIL deal. Now pay the kid. Yeah, I, I, I'm paying his tuition. That's what's happening. So, yeah. uh, But, no, uh, folks, is, uh, you're, you're going to hear this on Thursday morning. Uh, so if you're in Lincoln, 
Thursday, Friday, Saturday for the Girls' State Tournament. If you're over here next week now, uh, we won't be doing any shows next week uh, because I will not be in Lincoln next week. I will be in Chicago next week uh, for the Big Ten Men's Tournament uh, supporting my other son. So so this will be our only week here at the State Tournament. Uh, but uh, and who knows? Maybe maybe we'll corner Izzo and and uh, McCaffrey and Matt Matt Painter. Yeah, Matt Painter. Well, we, we've hoodie. got the we. we I Call can get the, the real hoodie. Matt Painter instead of the homeless Matt Painter. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. <laughs> Tom, I kid because I love you, man. So um, hey, you're getting these drinks, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but uh, no, the Mellow Mushroom has been absolutely. Oh, yeah. Mike here. If you get a chance, if you come here. Uh, during the state tournament, uh, tell Mike uh, thank you so much for his support of a pen and a napkin. He's been terrific these last couple of years. Like I said, they're, they've got food specials, they got drink specials. You're what 75 feet away from the front door, of Pinnacle Bank Arena. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's a real easy deal. Park, come in, hang out. Uh, they've been terrific to a pen and a napkin, and we want to uh, pay it forward to them as well. So, uh, coaches, I hope you've enjoyed this roundtable. In all sincerity, uh, Nate, Dexter, Tom, thanks for coming out here today. Really appreciate it. Uh, Coaches, as always, let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time.